This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Candid and by Freshly. It happened again. Everyone on the internet is rich once again, and it's driving institutional investors and people who actively suffer from extreme FOMO nuts. Not me. Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency based on a meme that was worth literally fractions of a fraction of a percentage of a single penny back when it launched in 2013, just hit 43 cents early Friday morning, turning anyone who'd invested in this joke currency as recently as earlier this year into an instant millionaire. Okay, not exactly, but also not entirely not exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some new millionaires today who either gambled a decent amount of money recently or were lucky enough to scoop up an obscene amount of Dogecoin back when its value was fractions of a cent. Mm -hmm. But uh, we should also try and calm you down, bring you back to reality, yeah. and say that it's okay to miss the boat on stuff like this. It's not the end of the world, despite the fact that people are understandably upset that they didn't risk it all on this altcoin. But hey, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's fun to think about all the money you'd have, but also there's lots of risk involved. It is funny that you had Bitcoin, and that, and it's been more than more than ten years for Bitcoin. And then like the altcoins, they were just getting started off like six, seven years ago. And Dogecoin was one of the first, and it's just like, oh lol, it's that Doge meme that's going to be funny forever. And then a million other altcoins came along, many of which had uh, pretty decent like fundamentals and all that. Yeah. It's like, oh, this seems legit. And they all fucking tanked. And now fucking Dogecoin and Bitcoin are the only ones anyone gives a shit about other than like Ethereum. If only I would have invested in Dogecoin back when they rented that, uh, the NASCAR, yeah. that race there back in like yeah, 2013, 2014. Hindsight 2020 though. Uh, yeah, definitely not uh, losing any sleep over this. God damn it. If we had just listened to that fuckhead Elon Musk, we would have been rich right now. Nah. Sorry, sorry. Okay, it's seriously, it's it's fine though. We are happy for those of you who who are watching who did roll the dice on Dogecoin. Our Patreon links in the description. But what the hell happened? And why do some analysts think that the coin is spiking right now in particular? Well, much like the meteoric rise of the GameStop stock, once the hype train started up and the value continued to rise, more and more people bought an increasing amount of it, and boom, you got a damn bull run on your hands because people don't want to get left behind. They see that it's easy and free money, and they're like, "Cool, I'll take some." Yeah. Even if they're just buying one share, or in the case of Dogecoin, like dropping $100 or something like that. I bought one share of Dogecoin back in January, and well, I turned that two cents into 42 cents. It would have turned, right? uh, yeah, it would have made uh, eight or seven cents into 42 cents. The percentage line is incredibly looking, though. Yeah, no, it does I'm, look great. I don't own any Dogecoin, and no. I probably never will. Realistically, though, at least trying, or in a somewhat ana analytical sense, trying to pinpoint why the sudden increase has happened with Dogecoin. There are a few factors that certainly had an effect on Doge. First of all, it's by now, it, it is one of, if not the most famous altcoin in existence, despite remaining fairly low in value compared to others, thanks to nonstop marketing from celebrities and social media platforms in general. Mm -hmm. Even uh, Guy Fieri tweeted about it this week. <laughs> the fact that it's so cheap makes it accessible to a large portion of the population who might otherwise avoid crypto investment because they see the price of a single Bitcoin or Ethereum and get intimidated or find it too risky. Although you, it's always been fractional. So yeah, but that's the that thing is it's just like, oh, have I missed the boat? It's easier to think that when the price of something is already so high. Exactly. Whereas like you look at Dogecoin, you're like, wow, I could own like 10,000 of these. I mean, I see, I see a low uh, share price, I don't know, coin price. And that just makes me think volatility, <laughs> which I guess some people get excited by. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this week in particular was a big week for crypto overall. Bitcoin and Ethereum both hit new all-time highs. And Coinbase, which is arguably the biggest 
most widely adopted crypto marketplace, debuted on the stock exchange with a valuation of nearly $100 billion. Which was insane. <laughs> it's driving Elliot Give nuts. Give me the allergies. Uh, but yeah, the $100 billion valuation is is nuts. Uh, the stock went up. It, it dipped a little bit. It's made, It's been pretty steady since. But man, it's insane how much this company is worth. I mean, it's I, there is value in oh, yeah, they Coinbase. Get a, they absolutely. get definitely a cut of every transaction. And there are a lot of transactions going yeah. on. And as these coins become more valuable, so do they. Um, it's a fairly simple app. It's like, yeah, there's not much to it. Uh, I've heard their customer service is just an absolute nightmare, though. And there's plenty of problems. But look, well, they probably have so many fucking jagoffs being like, uh, I didn't mean to. It's, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of ways to fuck up when you have crypto. But yeah, Coinbase uh, made its stock market debut, which was a big thing for crypto and the, like Bitcoin spiking. And then, of course, the never ending cycle of NFT news over the past three months. Uh, there's a lot of attention on cryptocurrency in general, which definitely peaked over the last week or so. But is this really the reason behind Dogecoin blasting off to the moon? Probably not. When talking about a meme coin, we'd like to think that the dumbest answer is likely to be the most accurate. Like Occam's Razor, but Occam is a shit poster, and the Razor is actually a Razor Huntsman RGB mechanical keyboard. Uh, so taking, into, taking that into account, this is a meme-heavy coin, and it's embraced heavily by the internet. And a certain unofficial national holiday is fast approaching. It seems like the power of the internet is, is forming a push behind Doge in what appears to be a so far successful attempt to bring the value of the coin to 69 cents on April 20th, AKA 420, 420.69. Sorry, my eyes just got stuck in the back of my skull. Mm -hmm. So it's certainly within the realm of possibility considering how much value has risen in just the past few days for Doge. Back in January, people were freaking out over a jump of one to two cents. It broke 40 cents early on Friday. So mm -hmm. uh, in the calculations of how much buying and how many people and how much money it would take to make a fucking 69, 420 meme valued in the billions of dollars happen is mind boggling. Yeah. It would be funny. Sure. Would it make a bunch of people really rich? Yeah. Are the people most likely to benefit from this already pretty wealthy? Almost certainly. Yeah. You, you have to risk a lot to make a lot. And people who are getting... It's great when someone puts $100 in and gets... $500 yeah. back, that's amazing. But the people that are making, so far, a million dollars off of this are people who put in tens of thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars, or got in so absurdly early that they had no idea this would happen and stayed strong during multiple times. Because like, if you if you spent like $1,000 in 2013 and then the big price of a Dogecoin got to a cent, you were like, holy shit, uh, I probably sell this before it crashes yeah. again. Yeah. So you have to have real diamond hands among other things. But the biggest question, should you risk it by buying in and hoping that the meme comes true? I mean, I definitely won't, but hey, up uh, to you. Yeah. Literally no one knows. There's it's, it's, there's inherently no fundamental behind the price of cryptocurrency. It seems to just be based off of memory. It is literally, you're, you're investing in hype, yeah. investing in memes. So that's up to you. That's yeah. a you decision. Will the coin crash between now and 420? Could be. I guess it's possible. Mm -hmm. It'd be real sad. Uh, the whole thing's honestly insane, but uh, who are we to doubt the internet? Mm -hmm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens and think about all the what-ifs in the meantime. Could have that boat. Could have that boat and go fishing. I'm going to go buy a couple more Dogecoin. treasury bonds. <laughs> it's a yeah. safe investment that'll pay back 
in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of money, though, and getting paid for taking risks, some of the people who attended the Doomed to Fail Festival Experience of a Lifetime, Fire Festival, are finally going to be receiving financial compensation for their chaotic Caribbean weekend back in 2017. Though it's probably not even enough to offset the original cost, considering how outrageously expensive this event was. Now, according to Billboard.com, Fire Festival has reached a settlement with 277 aggrieved ticket holders of the infamous 2017 Bahamian event, awarding each of them $7,220 payouts. Quote, it's a small but significant step for ticket holders who were defrauded and had their lives upended as a result of the fraudulent contact by Fire founder Billy McFarland, says Ben uh, Mizalis, partner at Garagos and Garagos, lead attorney for the class action representing the ticket holders. Oh, Mark Garagos is mm-hmm. on the case. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the NFT of the, the sandwich. We'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that $7,200 payout is actually pretty impressive. It will certainly come out as a nice surprise to those involved in the lawsuit. But like with most class action settlements, the final amount received by parties involved is likely to go down quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, from the article, the class action's lead attorney says the award for ticket holders may be reduced depending on how much creditors are owed. And uh, we would venture to guess yeah. that the creditors involved in Fire Festival are almost certainly owed a hell of a lot of money. So it'll be interesting to see uh, exactly what these payouts look like once they're distributed, but probably won't even be enough to buy a piece of Firefest history like one in particular that is currently up for sale in the most 2021 way possible. You guessed it. Come on, say the words, Bart. N-T. N-T. Can we get some Fs in chat? (laughs) Uh, The viral tweet of the infamous Firefest dinner consisting of bread, cheese, and a small side salad has been minted as an NFT and is up for sale with the owner hoping to pull in upwards of $80,000. Now, okay, a a few things here. Yes, this is yet another example of how ridiculous and stupid this craze is, but the owner of the tweet, Trevor DeHaas, is auctioning this off in order to pay his medical bills related to a kidney transplant and dialysis. USA number one. (laughs) We did. God, Uh, this is fucked up. Change the letters of USA to NFT. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it is understandable that he would want to do whatever he can to afford his medical bills. And if people are paying tens of thousands of dollars for tweets, why shouldn't he sell one of the most viral tweets ever? Quote, I understand. Yeah. He needs a kidney. It's fine. Um, really, you know, shouldn't shouldn't have to. It is an indictment of our, our medical industry, but. Uh, bad enough that GoFundMe is our nation's largest insurer, but. Uh, could be worse. Could yeah. be Canada. Yeah. which is going to be held over the heads of anyone shouting for universal health care for literally the rest of our lifetimes. Yeah, Canada's is, COVID uh, vaccine response is going terrible. to be used as a talking point long after we are dead. We are not getting single-parent yeah. care health care in America. I don't know how they fucked that up so badly. I haven't looked into it too much. It is strange. Uh, it's real, yeah, not great. No, it's uh, maddening, maddening. Meanwhile, like they're just looking down at us going, Hey, it looks like you guys have a surplus in a lot of areas. Yeah. Uh, would be great if you could send that up here. Anyway, back to the, the sandwich, yeah. the ugly sandwich. What's a bit strange about this particular NFT sale is that somehow Ja Rule is involved yeah. again, which you would think is, uh, you know, something you'd want to avoid. Ja <laughs> no, Rule, he's been he's fest. been absolved of all guilt. They're like, Ja Rule, he... Exonerated. He was too dumb to know that he was marketing yeah. a festival that was uh, a Ponzi scheme, yeah. basically. And this is apparently less nefarious than it seems. Mm-hmm. Now, originally people somehow got the story twisted into Ja Rule selling this guy's tweet as an NFT. 
But Ja Rule is, uh, I guess, also a partner or investor in Flipkick.io, which is an NFT marketplace where the tweet is being sold. Because of course he is. Yeah. Ja Rule's got his hand in many pots. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> Ja Rule is the will I am of Soldier Boys. <laughs> ja Rule uh, seems to invest, like, he definitely strikes me as a Dogecoin person. Oh, yeah. And I, and I hope he is because, like, he definitely throws his money at projects that seem like they're not going to work. Yeah. Now, we're not exactly sure if Ja Rule had anything to do with the owner's decision on where he should sell his tweet as an NFT, but the connection is just too on the nose for this to be organic. Yeah. Anyways, Mr. DeHaas claims that Ja Rule is not involved in the sale. He tweeted, Ja Rule is not selling cheese sandwich NFT. I am. Flipkick.io, which Jaw is a partner in, and myself have teamed up to sell the NFT. I do understand why the media is phrasing it as if Jaw is selling the NFT, but that's not telling the full story. Yeah. But, you know, still as a partner, you'd have to assume that in some capacity he is going to profit on <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... Jaw Rule's not doing this which, for charity. If so, well played, Mr. Rule. Yeah. I hope this guy gets his kidney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, before we get into the rest of today's episode, which includes a, a ton of updates to stories that we've previously covered, uh, let's take a quick second to thank our sponsor, starting with Candid. Unhappy with your smile? Well, you don't have to be. Thousands of people have used Candid, the clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligners to help straighten their teeth, and now they love their smile, just like Justin M. from Atlanta, who said, when I was younger, I used to have a gap in the front and on the side. I noticed that people would always look at my mouth first, so I was looking for a fix. Candid ended up being the perfect company for me. You can't stop me from smiling now. There's no comparison. Somebody stop this man from smiling. <laughs> hey, sir, put a mask on. Uh, Candid is here to help you straighten your teeth so that you can fall in love with your smile, too. Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. You'll have the same quality of care that you'd get from an in-office orthodontist from the comfort and convenience of your own home. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from the start to the finish, so you never have to wonder how you're doing. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. Become your best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you can save $75 on Candid's starter kit. Go to CandidCO.com newsdump and use code newsdump. That is CandidCO.com newsdump. Code newsdump. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. That is candidco.com slash newsdump, code newsdump. Yeah, this uh, episode is also sponsored by Freshly. Uh, dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking, it can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to do all that. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering's easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. And now, our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and just start living life freshly. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Right now, Freshly is offering our viewers $40 off your first two orders when you go to freshly.com newsdump. Stop stressing about dinner. 
Go to Freshly.com slash NewsDump for $40 off your first two orders. That is Freshly.com slash NewsDump for $40 off your first two orders. All right, back into the news with some updates for you, starting with a mm, slightly entertainment-related update to the January 6th insurrection on the United States Capitol. A member of the far-right militia group, the Oath Keepers, has officially become the first person to plead guilty for their involvement in the riot. Pussy. <laughs> and you're saying to yourself, how does this have anything to do with entertainment, you sick fucks? Well, the guy who pled guilty is actually John Ryan Schaefer, frontman of the metal band Iced Earth. So... Do I know who that is? They're a, they're a very big metal band. I mean, they're no Metallica, I guess, but... Uh, is this the guy, Mr. Cool as Ice, who has the, the, the skeleton? <laughs> Mr. Tattoo? Cool Ice? Mr. Cool Ice? <laughs> yeah, this is that guy. That guy? Damn. He, yeah, I thought he seemed Grace. so cool. <laughs> With the tattoo of his own head on the back of his head and just skulls and bones everywhere. Damn, Mr. Cool Ice. Whatever. Wasn't one of your indie guys involved in this, too? I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ariel Pink. Yeah, there you go. I don't think he was like in the insurrection, but he was there, and he has a lot of terrible opinions. Yeah. And and another guy named John Mouse, who I actually like better than Ariel Pink, also there. And also just a shit person, apparently. It sucks. A real smattering of the musical <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, we, we still haven't gotten confirmation on it, but... Uh, the, the guy from... The like, guy from uh, Mr. Show. Yeah, Mr. Show. <laughs> anyway, back to John Ryan Schaefer, frontman of the uh, prominent, well-known <laughs> metal band Iced Earth. Mm -hmm. From NBC News. Schaefer, a supporter of former President Donald Trump, was accused of storming the Capitol and spraying police officers with bear spray. <laughs> Jesus. He pleaded guilty in a deal with prosecutors in federal court in Washington to two counts. Obstruction of an official proceeding and entering and remaining in a restricted building with a dangerous or deadly weapon. Schaefer was wearing a tactical vest and baseball hat that read Oath Keeper's Lifetime Member on January 6th and acknowledged in his plea agreement that he is a founding lifetime member of the extremist group, prosecutors said. Schaefer was not charged in the case involving Oath Keepers members and associates who were accused of conspiring with one another to block the certification of the vote. The case is the largest and most serious brought by prosecutors so far in the attack. Damn. Yeah, it was me. This is why we got to get uh, bands back on tour. You leave musicians at home long Too much enough, time on their they hands. They lose their goddamn minds. What, what, wasn't it like uh, an Australian musical artist who like went full QAnon like a month after the lockdown started? Yeah. Like New Zealand or, or Australia? Yeah, it was in New Zealand. Yeah, the guy's like, all right, let's all do our part. And we'll get over this real quick. And then a month later, he's <laughs> like completely flipped. Musicians cannot stay at home. You, they they got to keep moving. Idle hands at the devil's dingling. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, honestly, we're more surprised that somehow the lead singer of Trapped wasn't involved in this thing. Yeah. You, like he'd you be... thought he'd be at the front of the, the line. But no. I don't know. Okay, he's, he's been far too busy trying to convince everyone that his comments about pedophilia were just jokes. Yeah. He has like a, a series... I think it's still on YouTube, of like setting the record straight with trapped frontman, whatever his fucking name is. See, when you reach that point, you've already lost. <laughs> Explaining your jokes? You see, it was a joke because... See, guys, let's talk about semantics. Here's the difference between hebephilia and pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Alright, now up. that we've set the record straight, I'm not weird, actually. Okay, let me back on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, anyways, over to big cuck Jerry Falwell Jr. news. Mm. Remember him? The, the man who was once at the top of the Christian food chain here in America, who, despite passing judgment on everyone else for their sexual preferences, got off on his wife cucking him with his son's bandmates and a pool boy. Well, at the time, it looked like he was just going to step away from his role at Liberty University, the Christian college that his father founded, and just fade away, and, at least until everyone forgot about all the sexcapades. 
Well, a lot happened this week regarding the Falwell family and Liberty University, including a massive lawsuit and the removal of his son, Junior Jr., uh, from a position of power within the school. From Politico, the son of Jerry Falwell Jr. is out of his job as vice president at Liberty University nearly eight months after his father resigned as president of the Christian school amid allegations of inappropriate personal behavior and financial self-dealing. Liberty University spokesperson Scott Lamb on Wednesday confirmed to Politico that Trey Falwell was no longer employed with the university. That development, Lamb said, occurred this week, but he declined to provide any additional details about what happened. Now, we're going to go out on a limb here and assume that it had um, something to do with the multi-million dollar lawsuit that was filed on Thursday of this week yeah. against the Falwell family. Mm -hmm. From ABC News, Liberty University has filed a civil lawsuit against its former leader, Jerry Falwell Jr., seeking tens of millions in damages after the two parted ways acrimoniously last year. The complaint, filed Thursday in Lynchburg Circuit Court, alleges Falwell crafted a well-resourced exit strategy from his role as president and chancellor in the form of a lucrative 2019 employment agreement while withholding damaging information from the evangelical school about a personal scandal that would explode into public view the following year. Despite his clear duties as an executive and officer at Liberty, Falwell Jr. chose personal protection, the lawsuit says. It also alleges that Falwell failed to disclose and address the issue of his personal impairment by alcohol and has refused to fully return Liberty's confidential information and other personnel property. You know, no. Let he who is without sin cast the first lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys were all about the scripture, huh? Guess not. You're going to sue a man for uh, having sin in his heart? Well, I guess we learned nothing. Also, you can't sue me. My son works for you. Ah, shit. <laughs> Do you know who my dad was? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're still working here. Fuck, you're fired. Becky, I'm going to need you to fuck a lot of dudes. You're going to have to fuck your way out of this problem, <laughs> Becky. <laughs> I know you can. In front of me. You have to do it in this front of me. This time it's not a sin because it's for the family. Yeah. And, and you have to do it in front of me while I'm naked in the corner of a room in, a, in my favorite easy chair. That's right. Mm -hmm. I'll, be, I'll be in the shadow. You'll, you'll be able to see but a, but a silhouette of me. And here, my grunts. Mm -hmm. My strokes. Uh, uh, now moving on to another guy who loves the Lord, despite being embroiled in scandal currently. My pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. Yeah. Now, we thought we'd be done talking about him until his social media network, Frank, fully launched next week. But apparently we were wrong. Yeah. Uh, we, this guy, he's, I, I don't know if anyone has ever appeared in like every episode of a week. The way he is Mike Lindell prolific. Has. Yeah. He's got a lot going we on. Yeah, we got like daily updates. Yeah. Anyway, yes, we spoke a little bit about these the seemingly out of place rules <laughs> that will be enforced on his uh, platform, which claims to support free speech. And yeah, basically, if you post something that violates the Ten Commandments, you're going to get banned. Yeah. Or yeah, Love. if you take the uh, Lord's name in vain. Uh, then that's also a ban. Love my free speech, right? He's I can't literally say the fucking can't say goddamn without getting banned. He's literally the fucking that's a paddling guy on The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, at this point, we're not sure if the website, which he claims to have been developing for four years at a cost of several million dollars, will ever actually launch. Yeah, frankspeech.com was supposed to go live in early access. Uh, on on Friday, like midnight Thursday, it's a beta. Uh, and uh, that was for VIPs who had signed up using their phone number. What a sad group of people! Imagine those people. <laughs> but everyone who was eager to bust through those doors and get a good look at what Mr. Lindell had been developing, they were left with nothing but frustration on Friday when the site, predictably, missed its launch window. It's been scrubbed. Uh, writer Zachary Patrizzo gathered some of uh, the messages from Upstate users on Telegram who had stayed up until 3 a.m. for the launch. Here's some quotes. 
Message says Frank VIP signup complete briefly before redirecting back to the VIP signup page. Maybe they are having trouble with the launch if so many of us can't get in. <laughs> launch is a fail, but that's forgivable. Not communicating isn't. There's standards. They have standards. Now, there's a bunch of uh, messages people sent claiming that nothing was opening, and some of them were able to get a code, but there was simply no area on the website to even log in using any code they were sent. Uh, there are a few more saying that they're not giving up. They're just going to wait for Lindell to work out the kinks and get the site online by Friday morning. Yeah, but... Yeah, so Friday morning rolls around. People still can't <laughs> access the site. Yeah. Anyone else still cannot log into Frank's speech? No, no one can. No communication, no text. No one knows what is going on. Doesn't feel good. <laughs> uh, anyway, as of the time of this writing, it seems as though no one person has seen what this social media network looks like outside of the welcome sign-up homepage, which looks like shit, yeah. and now includes an update, which we assume is directly from Mike Lindell. I want to thank all of you that have signed up for VIP access and all the media personalities that have signed up to be a part of our broadcast network. That response has been amazing. The broadcasters are busy putting up amazing content. If you have VIP access, you will be able to enter the site on Sunday. If you have not already signed up to gain access to Frank, please enter your phone number to have access to Frank at 8 a.m. Central Time. <laughs> Central Time, Monday. <laughs> please note, to protect against spam, <laughs> we send a limited amount of valid confirmation codes to a single phone number. If you've tried more than this amount, you may have been blocked. Please try again later. Outside the U.S., People living outside the U.S. will not be able to sign up using the form below. When Frank launches Monday, you will be able to sign up. I like the idea that uh, behind the scenes, there are broadcasters cranking out content for no one, but none of these broadcasters have posted anything appearing to show what the website looks mm -hmm. like or their you know amazing work that they're posting there. No one, There is not one screenshot that I've seen from the inside of this website. So... But look, we have a Sunday to look forward to. Um, definitely going to happen then. Um, we're going to get our first look at this new website that is apparently so sought after that even the VIP early access users crashed the site before they could get in. It's so exclusive. Even the VIPs aren't even special. Nobody's getting in there. No one's kidding. The real club's outside. The nightclub is empty. It's on the outside of the webpage. That's yeah. where everyone's hanging out. Yeah. Uh, but we're, look, we're sure that everything will go smooth on Sunday, and certainly nothing bad will happen when the site goes live for everyone on Monday morning. What could go wrong? It definitely won't be a complete dumpster fire where everyone just spams pornography and offensive text as the moderation team, which is probably just comprised of Mike Lindell himself, tries in vain to put out all the fires. Oh, jeez. I've never seen so much homoerotic pornography in all my life. The man he was pulling, he was just tearing the sides of his asshole open. How did he stretch his asshole out like that? There's a photo of a woman shitting into the air into her own mouth. And a guy who swirls his dick around and a around. Room, a room full of elderly gentlemen just uh, <laughs> with their mouths and, and orifices all interconnected. I scroll down. I see I start seeing a bunch of old men gathering together like it's a Denny's Sunday morning after church. I wish I had stopped there. The further down you go, the more sexual it becomes. What have I done? Uh, there's going to be a lot going on yeah, on frankspeech.com if anyone can ever get into it. See, I, that's the thing. I don't think I don't think this is ever going to be a functional website. Well, someone like even posted that they like tried to sign up, 
And they're like, once you click like the thing to enter in a phone number, they use like a Google phone number, obviously, that the site just like breaks completely. Like text is misaligned. I, I think this is just like a phishing scam. Like he's just getting uh, emails. And for marketing, for, for the yeah. My Store and the My Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the site has been delayed, but we've sent out 20% off coupons for any new customers to MyPillow.com. And while you're there, you can also get books about our great ex-president, who is still a president, by the way, <laughs> Donald J. Trump, and some flags. But the site will be here the any moment. Here any minute. Just relax with your pillow. You're going to be real comfortable. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week's episode of News Dump. Uh, if you haven't seen our previous videos where we talk about all of this and more, check those out. We have a new episode of Tech News Day for you to check out, which is like this fucking eyeball. Everyone loves the eyeball. Everyone really actually loves the eyeball. They want the eyeball. Yeah. yeah. I heard two people saying that they wanted two of the eyeballs and then one mouth uh, <laughs> fleshlight in the middle. Oh, yeah. come um, on, guys. Check both of those episodes out, and we'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News, which, uh, depending on when Mike Lindell's website launches, could have more oh, Mike Lindell news. God. So it's, maybe it'll be an everyday occurrence. Yeah, who he knows? Might, he might finally hit the home run. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's prolific. Well, see you then. Yeah, bye. <laughs>